0: Here we go. I'm Dan Lipinski.
1: I'm Bill Lipinski.
0: And I'm Ray Ann And this is Two Guys on Politics with our guest, uh, former Congressman Dan Lipinski, who's joining us for a second week. Dan, last week's show, we got a lot of great responses. Um, I think it's the power of the two Lipinskis that have really made it interesting. They have the two of you. And your experience in Congress, you know, offering perspective on the national election attracted a lot of attention. We got a lot of views on that podcast. So what's today's topic?
2: uh, That's great to hear. Well, well, before we start, I should should have warned you. uh, I have a Twitter poll right now. Um, Yesterday uh, was Halloween, and we were giving out a choice of Reese's Peanut Butter Cups or Kit Kat. So what would... I want to hear from each of you. Which would you choose if you had to choose one of those? So, Ray, I
1: would choose neither one of them. I've never liked either one of those candies.
0: Uh, I would go with uh, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. I, I, I thought that
2: Reese's were, uh, I thought the Peanut Butter Cups were going to be the, uh, the real hit. But I figured it had to have something without peanuts. But apparently, uh, kids of trick-or-treating age uh, prefer Kit Kat. So I can't. Really? I I, I want to know why that is. I don't know. Is it I mean, most of my friends? I think most in my age group would probably go with Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. I think so. Um, I, I well, found I think very that, interesting.
0: I think your polling your poll was stolen from Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. I don't think that the the total votes were counted properly, and I think that we need to redo the election and take over. We're going to go to the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup uh, factory, and we're going to protest until. uh, they're reinstalled as the uh, well, we, rightful it, heir.
1: Could we well, have a problem again next week?
2: We <laughs> can do that. I, I I think it's Elon Musk's fault now that he uh, he's running yes. Twitter, every Let's entire board. Him. But, I, but I, I think it's a, this is a good lead-in uh, as um, well. I, I, I go with the Reese's peanut butter cups, and as one of us chose none of the above, which wasn't a choice. Um, we are a uh, country. I can say that if I want to. He's a radical. Yes, you're, 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 free to, you're free to say that. There was no choice offered uh, that, so I, you could just sit it out. Um, well, that, that could lead us down a number, a number of different roads, but I think the, the general topic we want to talk about today is uh, why, are, why are we, why is the United States, why is our society, our politics so divided and is there anything that uh, get, can be done about it? So I think the first question is, how do you define, wh- why do you say it's divided? I think we, all three of us would say, yes, it's, it's divided, but I think we have to first define, what does that mean to you? So who, who wants to go first?
1: Well, I'll go first. Here's what I think. Yeah, we, we've always been divided in this country over certain issues at certain times but we've never had the hostility that we have now. Uh, before, as one of the one of you mentioned earlier, it was sort of like a baseball game or a football game. Uh, the two sides competed against one another, one side won, the other side lost, side that lost said, okay, we'll try to get you the next time around. That's not the way it happens any longer. And now, as I say, it is, you know, The animosity that exists between people. You can—you listen to Fox News Network and their people after 7 o'clock at night. They're terrible, absolutely terrible. Now, the worst person I know in this battle is that woman, Rachel Maddow, I think her name is. I mean, I've heard her. She is worse than anybody on Fox News. But there are many very, very ugly, attacking people in the news media that is causing this great divide. Now, we can go back to when we had the Fairness Doctrine. The Fairness Doctrine said, if I was on a program and I attacked Ray Hadania, they had to give Ray Hadania an opportunity to come on that program and defend himself. We did away with the Fairness Doctrine. And I don't care who did away with it, it was a terrible, terrible thing. It opened the door for many of these vicious flamethrowers that we now have in the news media and on top of it, about the same time Newt Gingrich started his violent attacks on the Democratic Party and members of the Democratic Party. I think those two events is what what really started us down this road to where it is now so difficult for people, whether they be left or right, Democrat, Republican, liberal, conservative, progressive to come together. Because if you try to cross over and say that this individual who's a liberal has a good idea and you're a conservative, your own people will attack you. Uh, so, So, you know, that's where I see where we're at now. I hope one of you two fellas have an answer for that because at the present time, unless God, you know, hits me with a better lightning bolt. Uh, I don't know what the answer is.
2: Well, it, is it the media? I mean, Ray, is it the media's fault or are the media, just the media politicians, are they just responding to what people are feeling? Is it, is it, uh, is it the demand that people want to hear this kind of stuff or the media media forcing it on them? Or what? How does that all come together? How does that work? What is what's, it's a chicken and egg kind of problem, isn't it?
0: Well, no, I, actually, that that's the very point I was going to make that. I do believe it's the change in the news media that changed the divide, how we looked at the divide, because, listen, 30 years ago, if a president, former president lost an election and said that that election was stolen, it should be investigated, this is horrible, that person would have been a front page headline in across the news media, in every paper left and right, because it was a good story. A former president saying that an election was stolen, that's a huge story from the context of news. Today, um, we we've the media now decides what stories are stories, and what stories are not stories. they become partisan. Most of the media, I think, is on the left. You know, when you divide the TV, cable news and the TV stations, you got Fox News on one side, as you pointed out, Bill. Sometimes they are terrible. But when you look at the right, I'm looking at CNN, CNBC, MSNBC, um, the entertainment shows, you know, uh, all those uh, late night talk shows. They've all merged into one angry uh, bludgeon that attacks anybody that questions what they believe is the truth. And if somebody says something that they don't agree with, you're anti Semitic, you're racist, you hate Black people, you hate Asians. If you were to refer to the color of your skin as being white, you're suddenly a neo Nazi or you're QAnon or I don't even know all these different groups. But right now, they label people. And they use those labels to undermine arguments rather than address the topic. Address the topic. Trump says the election was stolen. Let's debate it and talk about it. Instead, we don't talk about that. What we talk about is Trump is a bad person. Trump should go to jail. Anybody that believes in Trump is terrible. They're deplorable, to quote a famous uh, former uh, senator. So I think that's what the problem is. I think it's the media... That has skewered our political system today.
1: Yeah, I want to just say before Dan, you jump in here. I believe it is the news media. I believe the news media gives the platform to these radical political people to spew their lies, their misunderstandings, it gives them the opportunity, you know, to try to make their points with the American public. Dan,
2: well, that's kind of different from what Ray said. Ray said that the, the media is shutting people up. You're saying that they're giving they're they're giving the wrong people, or too many people, or wrong people, uh, too much of an opportunity to to spew their, you know,
0: their left wing or right wing. Uh, well, ideas well, he's no right how, in, how crazy they are. He's right in a way because what they're doing is they're saying this group is right, and you can say anything you want to say. Nancy Pelosi can stand up behind a president and rip up his speech in a protest, you know, during a live broadcast of the State of the Union. If Joe Biden were to give that same speech today, and a Republican, uh, you know, uh, heads up the uh, uh, House, which it looks like it might happen this coming year, and what if that Republican speaker ripped up that speech? What do you think they'd say about him? They'd condemn that person. That so. If they agree with you, they give you the platform. If they disagree with you, they silence you, they disparage you, they, they throw uh, epithets and names at you and, and anything to discourage you, but they never address the facts or the issue. They only address the person. They talk about the person, not the issue that we should be talking about. And I think that's what the news media is doing.
1: Well, just because it- the liberals outnumber the conservatives, on TV shows, four or five to one, you know, if it doesn't mean that's the same thing exists on radio. There have been numerous surveys made on radio that 70% of the radio talk shows are conservative bent. Uh, and I've listened to a number of them. I listened to the liberal ones also. I believe that's true. The conservatives on radio far outnumber the liberals, Dan.
2: Well, look, human nature doesn't change, but it it, it sounds like you two are saying, or maybe it's uh, well, I'll just say it for myself. There used to be limits on what people who were in politics or people who were in the news media. There was a sense of some kind of values that they were upholding uh, that have sort of gone out the window now. There's a there's a great quote that I heard, but I can't find it again, so I'm not really sure it's an accurate quote. Uh, the, um, uh, Scott Adams, who writes the Dilbert the comic strip, uh, said that uh, Donald Trump looked at politics and, and said, well, most politicians, three or four out of 10 times they say something, they're lying. I'm just going gonna, gonna to lie seven or eight times out, out of 10. I'm just going to up that. A little bit, and I'm going to be successful. And that's was Donald Trump's genius in so-called genius in <laughs> being successful in politics, and that made sense to me. I mean, I, 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 I see that. Uh, I, I think it. I think it, it worked for him. Uh, the The news media, both the those who support him and those who are against him, helped him to uh, to a great extent. Uh, the, the The left left wing news media. We're more than happy to go after Trump. And all that did was erase his popularity amongst, you know, some some Americans, uh, which was very helpful to him. And it, they would no matter how much they talk about, you know, we, oh, how awful Donald Trump is and we, we got to get rid of him. Uh, the news media look, the, the ratings went down on all those cable uh, channels, uh, evening shows when Donald Trump was gone. Because uh, they didn't have anything to talk about anymore they, they and I'm, I'm on either side. Uh, so, yeah, I definitely think the news media is part of it. The news media has changed because uh, we used to have three networks and we had a half hour of, of news on each network every evening. And the whole media landscape changed tremendously. And now everyone's out to... Get the audience they can grab to 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 make a buck now you got the the internet now everyone has their own Substack or wherever that they're they're trying to get people to you know give them you know five dollars a month ten dollars a month and 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 hear my my opinions and no one look i had a a big a lot of trouble when i was you know in congress i was trying to raise money uh you know the 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 left wingers used to say, "Oh, we, we need to democratize political giving. Uh, we need to encourage small dollar donors." And who was the biggest? Who raised the most money from in small dollar amounts? Donald Trump. You've, the, the problem is, if you're if you're saying we need to come together, uh, we need to work on these important problems uh, that you're. You're not going to excite people to give you five, 10, 25, $50 to, uh, to, to run a campaign. And all of that comes together. The campaigns have changed, uh, the news media ha- have changed, and, and that helps to drive us apart. Now, is there, is there any hope of coming, you know, coming together? Is there any way that any of
0: this could, could change? Well, you know, it used to be in the news media that the principle was let somebody hang, give them enough rope so that they can hang themselves. We didn't hang them. We allowed them to make themselves look whatever way bad, however they wanted to be. If we thought they were bad, we let them present themselves as bad. And then the public could look at that. And we had trust in the public to say that they would come to the right decision about If you present all the facts fairly, they will, the majority, the vast majority will always come to the right conclusion. But we don't trust the public anymore to do that. And the media, for some reason, because of social media, where now the public, anybody is a, you know, Walter Cronkite, you know, they can go right off and podcast, we can do a podcast, we could go on Facebook, we could say whatever we want and have no knowledge or a lot of knowledge, it doesn't matter anymore. So the idea that to allow if somebody is nuts, let them get out there and show that they're nuts. Why is it that the media feels that they suddenly now have a responsibility to say that person is nuts? I don't trust the media, and it's actually hurting what the media is trying to do because I think that Trump lost the re-election because people were upset with his the way he acted. But instead of getting a strong president to take his place, we now have a weak president, and I think Donald Trump is going if he's the candidate for the Republican Party, he's going to win. I don't see Biden beating Trump, and his popularity increases the more we martyr him. You know, Jane Byrne did that in the in the 1983 election. She martyred Rich Daly. Rich Daly couldn't talk when he was running for state's attorney. I remember Rich Daly. He couldn't put his sentence together. He's a great person. I'm not judging him as a person, but if you needed a quote from him, it was very hard to get a good quote. But instead of focusing on the fact that he couldn't say things the way we thought it should be said, Jane Byrne attacked him so personally that we only focused on her attacks and nobody focused on what were his failings. That helped him become state's attorney and then eventually become mayor of Chicago. That's what's happening with Donald Trump. He's going to be there. And the the last two things I wanted to say is, one, we should return the fairness doctrine. We should bring it back and impose it on the media. And two, we should put limits on how much money can be spent overall in any election at different levels, national, local elections, uh, county elections, state elections. There should be a level limit on what can Uh, be spent.
2: The Supreme Court won't let us do that, though. Supreme Court said money is uh, money in politics is free speech. Speech, so it's free, you can't you can't limit it. That's what? Uh,
0: you can't
1: is that funny terms, doctor, if you have enough courageous people in Congress uh, to vote in that direction. But the news media won't like that at all, because that's is, gonna cut down the amount of money that they can make. Isn't that well, funny think, that they
0: say that isn't that funny that they say that, that curtails free speech by limiting the amount of money? but it's okay to limit somebody's free speech because that's taking free speech too far. That, you know, I'm not saying you don't make sense. I'm saying that ruling by the Supreme court absolutely does not make sense in our world today.
1: And that was done by a Supreme court too. It wasn't a conservative Supreme court that did that. I, I don't know what the answer is, but this country has to try to find some answer. We have China's, sitting out there. We have Russia sitting out there. Both of them are very antagonistic towards our country. At some time or another, they are liable to strike us. and We are going to have to be united in order to defend ourselves and to defeat, defeat either one or the other or both of those countries. That's the aspect of this that really concerns me, is how do we get united enough to repel any of these enemies that we have. And when you talk about allies, you know, we talk about all these great allies that uh, Biden put together in Europe. Well, other than the United Kingdom, I don't see anybody doing much of anything. and the United Kingdom hasn't been able to do much uh, in several months because they can't seem to find a prime minister, which is another terrible situation. But some the European allies, I don't see them. allies in the Pacific, South Korea, Japan, you know, the Philippines. I question how sincere they are because all three of those countries are somewhat tied up with the Chinese communist government at the present time. So, what I'm saying is, we've got to find a solution in this country to get over our individual problems that we have so we can put together a united front. Let me just say, though that the situation with Paul Paul, Nancy's husband, there have been so many different stories that have come out about this from the left, the right, the Democrats, the Republicans. I no longer have the faintest idea what the truth really is uh, pertaining to what happened to Paul. Okay. Uh, And that's terrible. It was a, a relatively simple incident, we should be able to get the facts uh, and we should all believe what those facts are. But the way the news media has spun these stories, how could you do that? But I wanna I'm know, on. do you have any ideas on how you bring America together again? And, and let me tell you, there's a the Supreme Court right now, we have this affirmative action stuff. Now I've been against this affirmative action for years. I voted against it in the 1960s when I was in the United States House of Representatives because I believe that it punished some white Americans who had nothing to do with slavery, Jim Crow or anything like that. But this case is being brought by Caucasians and Asians. I believe that it's gonna win. Now, I don't know how soon the Supreme Court will end Affirmative action, but I believe that this court is going to end it. Maybe in a year, two years, three years. If we don't get ourselves somewhat united before that happens, that's going to be another monumental mountain that we're going to have to climb to try to get over to unite the American people.
0: I, I well,
2: I don't think that's going to be that. I don't think that that one's going to be that big of a of an issue in. The sense that a majority of Americans agree with getting rid of affirmative action, the polls show it. Uh, I, I think it's more of a um, it's going to be an issue for uh, m- more an issue for the the, the progressives screaming a- about it. But I think they're going to just marginalize themselves by, by by doing that. But let's get let, let let's get to uh, well, let me say one thing and throw out a, a question. One is. I think China may be something that we can come together on to oppose. That has always been and there are people out there who say it's when America no longer had a an, an enemy to to come together to oppose uh that's when we really started falling apart after the Cold War was over and and you go back historically uh you know it, when America didn't have a, a an enemy that we could Rally uh, together to to defeat. That's you know we we need that. that's some people have argued that. But what? How how about? Look, there's no easy answer here. But what if we changed something about the way we elect? uh, We elect people to to office. There's uh in the uh, Wall Street Journal, uh, Bill Galston has his column talking about a poll that was done by the Public Religion Research Institute. In a Brookings Institution that says that uh, 42% of Americans want a party that is a, they'd vote for a candidate that was moderate in between the Democrat and Republican party. Uh, at the beginning, I thought I start out with the Kit Kat versus uh, Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. Uh, basically, uh, we only have two choices right now: uh, Democrat, Republican, and neither of them are as good as either Kit Kat or or the Peanut Butter Cup. So. Uh, is this a, a way can we change our electoral system to make it easier for third um, you know independence to, to run or and or change our, our primary system where we're, we're not having the Democrats choose the most crazy left winger Republicans choose the most crazy right winger uh, it to be our final choices in, uh, in, in the general election. Could, could that make a difference? Either of you think that that could help to kind of bring the country together because you elect people who are more committed to bringing people together. Is that something Americans w- would support and rally around?
1: I, well, I think so. Uh, I think both of those would be good alternatives to the system we have at the present time. Now, how you implement that though, I think it is gonna be extremely difficult. Uh Ray, you had a what I considered almost an ideal uh third party for president and vice president that you made mention to me about the other day. Two people who we consider to be moderates. Uh, some people might not consider them to be moderates, but we do, and I think the majority of Americans would. Who were those two candidates, Ray?
0: Well, we we were talking about uh uh we should have one, some. This requires courage because right now you got the left and the right, and they're pretty much locked up and nobody's in the middle. We'd need somebody from the left and somebody from the right, the Dem- a Democrat and the Republican to step in the middle. And I think those two people could be Ron DeSantis and uh mansion. I think if mansion and DeSantis were to get together and say that we're tired of what's happening in this country, we want people to come together, that there's a moderate voice that there's compromise on both sides, um, that we're tired of these extremists on both sides, you know, the far right and the far left dominating our debate, calling people names. Let's talk about, let's get away from name calling and get back to issues, you know, discussion. If But we don't have two people like that. And I, and I think they'd be great candidates, but we haven't seen anybody from the right and the left Step into the middle and and together say, we need to change what's happening in this country because we're going downhill. But can I add one thing about Paul Pelosi? Because I think this is so important because it reminds me when Harold Washington was killed. I covered city hall at the time, excuse me, when Harold Washington died. I, was I say. covered city Well, I, I covered City Hall when he died. It was Thanksgiving. Um, and uh, people said at that time, that he was poisoned. And who were the two people that told me that? And I wrote a story. I interviewed two of his bodyguards. And they said Harold Washington was poisoned by the opposition, that they killed him. Um, And nobody said those people are nuts. The African-American community rallied around that belief. Even if you today, you'll still hear people say that Harold Washington was killed, that he didn't just die of bad eating habits or a heart attack. So what I'm saying is it eventually was proven that it wasn't, that he died of a heart attack. But we never allow the process today to come to a resolution because we like it when somebody says something we don't like because we can use that as a weapon against them instead of allowing it to be resolved and then move on to bigger, more important issues. But, uh, you know, the, the mansion and uh, the DeSantis thing, I think if two people like that were to come to the center, I think they could bring the country together. And I think a lot of people are tired of this animosity that we see, but I don't believe the news media will allow it because in today's world, it's hard enough to sell newspapers with social media. And without that animosity, it's even harder to sell papers. Happiness is not a good news story.
1: Well, I think the two alternatives that Dan came up with, are very good alternatives. But I think it would be easier to find two individuals, such as the two you mentioned, to run for president and vice president and establish a third party uh, in this country with those two people at the top of it. I think that would be much easier to do under our system of government at the present time than it would be to either one of the two alternatives Dan had come up with. Although you know, I could accept any one of these three positions, we have to do something to find the middle ground for the people in this country.
2: Well, I, I think, I, I, I hate to say it because I don't like the fact that uh, presidents have gotten so much power and we look to presidents to do everything. <laughs> so I hate to say the best shot we have. I, I agree is if we get a, a president, maybe a president a you know, vice president ticket that is going to say, hey, we've, we've got to come together. They're, People, one from each party, they're, they have a moderate, run as, as a moderate, but whatever that's going to mean, um, but somehow show some leadership. I, I thought Donald Trump, I mean, Donald Trump, I, I got in trouble for this, for, for saying it, but I thought Donald Trump, when he was elected, uh, he might, because, because he talked about some things that Democrats like. The only issue he talked about on election night in 2016 was doing an infrastructure bill. That's the only thing issue that he talked about. Uh, I thought that he might actually think, hey, I'm not beholden to the traditional Republicans. You know, I used to be a Democrat. I <laughs> Who knows what Donald Trump believes, if anything. But then he would see it in his own personal interest that, hey, if I take some things from the Democratic Party and I, I work with them on those and these are things American public likes, I could re- be really popular. But instead, he decided, which and I think Joe Biden sort of I thought Joe Biden might be someone who can bring us together. But both of them, for whatever reason, decided, hey, the way I'm going to win reelection, I got I got to please the, I got to please the base and I've got to. Fight the other side. It's all about. And I heard this the other day. Someone saying, "Look, look, you you have Gavin Newsom, uh, the uh, governor of California. He's easily going to win his race. He's going to states to help uh, Democrats who are who are running. Same DeSantis is going to New York to help the Republican candidate. So Newsom DeSantis are not going to say, hey, uh, my party's candidate is for, it's not trying to pick up the middle, it's to try to raise turnout on their side. Uh, and that just seems to be what's going on here. So let me throw out one other uh, idea is and the Australian system requires everybody to vote. Would, would you be supportive of, uh, of that?
1: How do they require everyone to vote?
2: You get fined if you don't vote.
1: No, I'd be opposed to that. That's un-American.
2: You don't have to vote for
0: anyone. You can go in and, you know, just whatever you do. I I
1: I, I oppose that.
0: I was going to say I like the opposite. Um, I like the idea that those people that vote can get some kind of benefit or a tax reduction, even if it's a small or minor, you know, credit on their taxes. Great. Uh, There are a lot of young people, you know, they talk about bringing young people out to vote, and we can't really seem to get them to vote. They talk about, oh, look at how much they've registered, Uh, but it still comes down to, I think the seniors are the biggest vote in this country, and they're the ones who realize how important voting is, I think. But give people a benefit, and maybe they will vote. But isn't that buying a vote then? I
1: disagree with that, too. Of course, I was raised in the 1940s, in the 1950s, and, you know, you... You wouldn't even think about something like that back in those days. In those days were really the golden days of this republic. Uh, No, I cannot accept either one of those two. I will bring up though, the third party with the two candidates, one from the Democrats, one from the Republicans. We need a new party because if you're the president, candidate of one party, you play to that base. Same thing the other way. We need a new party. Some people that change it and there's nothing in the constitution that says we can't have three parties, four parties, five parties. In fact, most of the founding fathers were opposed to any party in this country. They thought it was detrimental and it is detrimental. It took about 200 years to, to catch up with it, but it's caught up with us.
0: I, uh, you going to jump in there? No, I was just going to say that... Uh... The idea of rewarding people to vote is, in in a way, it's kind of un American because it means that the whole uh, uh, value of our democracy and freedom comes down to our ability to express our views and to vote. And expressing our views has already been compromised. And, uh, you know, uh, voting, you know, I think is just jumbled right now. So having to pay people to vote to reward them, I think that's the better way to do it. But I don't. I think if people don't feel that it's important enough to vote, then don't vote. But then What's stop complaining too.
1: He called that machine politics. Paying people to vote. Yeah,
0: that's okay. yeah, that's true. You're right. I mean, if you paid somebody, you could you could get in trouble for that, right? Well, well, you know,
2: I, I I hear that there is. Um, I, I wouldn't say it's a a, uh, it's a majority view, but I, I I hear that there are young people today, uh, and, and I've heard this from some college professors that like the idea of going back to the machine politics uh, that that worked that in some ways that worked better than what we've got today. Uh, it got it got things done. I had a professor I was down at Wofford College a few weeks ago, and I had a professor who was. Saying he makes that argument to his to his students, he said, "This is the way the system works now. This is the way we work with machine politics. You know, the things at least got done uh, with the uh, machine politics. Isn't that? Wouldn't you prefer that? So uh, we we could go a long way on that one. But that that might be a uh, that might be a topic for a uh, for for another show about what how things have changed in." does that make politics better? I mean, all the reformers came in and said, oh, it's gonna be better, we get rid of the machine. Uh, Is it really better? Are we all better off because of that? So uh,
1: when you had machine politics, you also had political bosses who were interested in seeing to it that candidates that could win, you know, were nominated, not candidates that were, you know, wild, loose cannons. They wanted to win, that was their job. So they selected individuals who they believed that could win. We still had primary elections, but as long as the organization was behind the person that the bosses picked, that person won. You know, I, I, On this program, the only one that ever participated in machine politics is yours truly. So I don't think it would be right for me to pontificate upon that. Dan is too young to really remember that. Ray, you were around at that time, but you were a member of the establishment that tried to destroy machine politics, unfortunately.
0: Here here you go, Ray, you got what you wanted. It was a great story. You know, it was a great story, but you're right. Um, We love the headline. We love the controversy. Good doesn't get headlines, bad does. Um, And yeah, you're right, Dan. I think that the media in general today has gotten what they want. They wanted to destroy the system that they saw. And I think they've done that. And now they're left with this mess of uh, extremism and from both sides. And it makes a far better headline than two people getting together in the middle. I wonder how the media would write about Manchin or DeSantis if they came together and said, uh, instead of calling it a third party, they'd say, We're going to call this a Republican and Democratic party. And I think the media would tear them to shreds instead of looking at them and saying, Wow, two people who want to be moderates to bring the country together. I don't think the media would allow them to be the good people that they intended to be.
1: What is going to happen to the news media in this country at some point is that one of the two parties is going to get a death. Grip on government, on the federal level, in the House and in the presidency, and they are going to censor the news media to their own particular way. And the news media will have deserved it when that happens.
2: Well, I, I wasn't able, I haven't looked at it yet, but there's a, um, something that just came out in, in recent days about plans that I think DHS had to uh, essentially censor uh or 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 fight against disinformation uh so i don't I don't want to comment on it because I haven't looked at it i've just seen some headlines uh about it there was a few months ago there are stories about how there are plans for this d h s department of homeland security the to, to fight misinformation and the biden administration after a lot of pushback killed that but i think there was uh i think what just came out was a report of what the plan was um so uh that that's Again, another time, but that, that fits right along with what, what you're saying.
0: That, that's so upsetting to me that people would, that the government would want to identify disinformation because one, it's so subjective. And instead of, you know, identifying disinformation, it'll become a process of identifying unpopular information, uh, unpopular ideas. Um, so, and out the window goes free speech. So in other words, people don't have free speech. Let's just be honest in this country. People don't have free speech. Even though the constitution says we have free speech, we're being told, you know what? That's, and and I, I know you're not saying this, Dan, but the idea of, you know, uh, defining things as disinformation or, you know, truth is just another way to say free speech has its limits and we're going to limit it. So it makes us look good and makes them the disinformation people bad and that really that that it's just sad to see this country go that route because it was our freedom to say whatever we wanted to stand up in front of the white house and be able to call the president a name or do whatever we want and be subject to criticism but we still nobody would arrest us you know nobody would uh you know uh uh censor us strip us from twitter you know, say, Oh, you can't be on Twitter anymore. You can't be on Facebook. You can't be on social media. Um, Oh, next thing you know, they'll say, Hey, Ray, you can't have a podcast. So uh, there's no end to this. I think that's the dangerous route that we're headed toward. And I, and I do think that there, I can't believe there aren't two great people who believe in the principle of free speech and, uh, our constitution to step out of this battle into the center and say, we need to change this and do something about it. I'm just shocked that we don't have two people like that, you know, in office that want to do that.
2: Well, well see, do I told things. you, I told you that this was going to go on for, you know, we yeah, so on. on this.
0: <laughs> it has. Any final thoughts? Let, let's go around the table. Dan, uh any final thoughts and then Bill and and then we'll So Dan, any <laughs> final thoughts on this
2: be, be, before before we end. I want to make sure that uh questions I threw out there did not mean an endorsement of, of anything that I threw out there as, it, as ideas. Although, <laughs> although we do, well, I, I do endorse opening the system up to independent parties and getting rid of these ridiculous primaries the way that they're they're run. Yeah. Um, but look, some, something's got to change. We can't keep going forward like this. Our country, we cannot take for granted our country is forever going to be the you know country uh a country to begin with, but the first thing that I'm most concerned about is our republic going. Uh it already doesn't really work the way it was intended, in the way it's you know, the framers of the constitution intended it 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 to work. And it's up to all of us uh to uh to fight to make this uh to make this work, but there's no, there's no easy solutions. And then it, it's always, it, it's going to back and forth between, you know, it. it look, people who are, would argue against the two of you and probably me would say, well, look, you want to go back to a time where things were different. There were things that couldn't be talked about back then and they need to be talked about now the way that, that, that they are. Um, it, it, it's just really, not an easy situation the world is much more complicated now than it than it was back then and uh you can't put the uh to use a terrible cliche can't put the genie back in the bottle um so we gotta we gotta figure out what we can do moving forward but there aren't easy there are no easy answers
1: i know we've been terribly negative on this podcast about the united states of america
0: no i don't think so but go ahead
1: you know okay, uh, I hope you listen to this program uh, I, I, well, I still believe that there is a way out of this. I don't know what the answer is right now, but I believe that we can get out of this muck mire that we are in to once again be a united people. That's my conclusion
0: yeah, and i I would just like to see two. Leaders, one from the Republican side, one from the Democratic side, stand up, walk to the center, and admit what's happening today is bad. We need to do something about it. I thought Joe Biden was going to help bring that, you know, bring us to that point, but clearly, in his last uh, speech to the nation, uh, he did just the opposite, um, and uh, that's very disappointing. And I'm worried we're going to be doing this for another four to six more years. Um, And that's kind of scary, I think, for us, because the rest of the world, as Bill and Dan, you guys pointed out, they're looking at us. And if they see us weak and divided, that's their signal to grab whatever they can, do whatever they want to do, things that they never would have done if they were worried about us stopping them. Anyway, I'm Ray Ania.
2: I'm Bill Lipinski. And I'm Dan Lipinski. And this is still the
0: greatest nation in history of the world. And we will see you guys next week. No bad on, country. And we'll see everybody next week uh, on Two Guys on Politics with our guest again this week, Dan Lipinski. Dan, thanks for joining us. It's a real pleasure to have you on the program again. Thank, thank, um, thanks we'll, for having me. And we'll talk to you, uh, everybody, later. Thank you.